Previously, on Downton Abbey, Mr. Carson and Mrs. Hughes finally got married, and they did it on their terms and at a venue that they both agreed on. And just as the reception was kind of winding down, Tom Branson and Sibby showed up. They're back from America. So how is that going to play out into the final few episodes of Downton Abbey? Let's find out as we revisit Season 6 on the Lords of Grantham podcast. Nothing can stop me, I'm all the way up. And we're back, revisiting Downton Abbey Season 6. How is it going, Corey? It is, uh, it is going, Dave. Uh, I think uh, it's been a busy, uh, busy 24 hours for us, but uh, glad to be here. <laughs> That's true. We went to go see The Darkness last night in, uh, in New York City. Well, your hometown, Manhattan. Yeah, man. Uh, getting some of that British flavor in our life. Uh, it was a good time. It was a great time. Good, good to be at a rock show. Still, still a little weird in the world, but yeah, we're trying to play it safe. You know, <laughs> you know, we believe in it in a thing called love. So yeah, so we're British. <laughs> yeah, British art. Support British art. Yeah, we're, we're not. It's British. not all. We, we support British art. Oh man, so yeah, that I am. I am not with it, Dave. Are, are you with it, man? <laughs> are you? Are you good to go? Uh, no, not really. I think today was a bit of a rough day. Yeah. Uh, not in the sense that we partied or anything. It was Monday night, but we got caught in a downpour on the way back, and then I'd ride the train, and I got back, and it was rainier and windier in Connecticut when I got off the train, so I had to run across a parking lot in the rain at one thirty in the morning. Oh man. So yeah, I, one of those things. All for rock and roll. I, I don't. I don't drink uh, much, let alone on Monday nights. So <laughs> for me, that was just having a couple, two or three beers. Just glad to be here. <laughs> oh yes. <yeah, sure. laughs> of all the things happening in New York, Corey shows up on the podcast like I had two beers on a Monday. <laughs> Thanks, it's, it's a rough go, let me tell you. Um, things that are going smoothly though, Down Abbey, the new era, it is rolling right along. It is still on track to release at the end of this month, and mm-hmm. they just released another poster. Um, I think by the time right. we, we we release this episode, it may be old news, <laughs> uh, but. This poster is a, it's an amalgamation of the ones we've already seen of the upstairs and downstairs, just photoshopped into different art of the of the background. Great. Have you have you taken a look at it, Dave? I'm looking at it right now. There's more of the same. The look on Mosley's face, he is so just. He looks confused, which I, I get his intention. They got, they got Kevin Doyle in the in the moment for sure. He really doesn't know where he is. I, I get concerned about that. A uh, little bit more gray, a little bit more gray going on with Barrow in the hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daisy's exceptionally happy to be there. I mean, after revisiting this week's episode, I'm, Daisy should be glad to be there. Uh, that that is true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, another image of Carson being photoshopped into somewhere sunny, you know, and. Uh, and the, with his bowler on, he's wearing his Wonka Origins. This time they photoshopped the, the feet correctly. It does look like he's standing on solid ground. <laughs> yeah, he's in the grass for sure. Yeah, but enough of that. I think we should just keep the ball rolling with Down, huh? Yeah. But before we get there, the number one show on Netflix right now is this new show with Michelle Dockery, Anatomy of a Scandal. You oh, heard yeah. about this show? 
I I have. I heard uh, I heard it's watchable. <laughs> I, I I haven't heard the most glowing things, but I heard I heard it's very watchable. And if you like Michelle Dockery, you can you can definitely watch it. I saw the the poster is her dressed up as a judge, with the wig and the collar. So I said, "What in the world is this?" And I had to look into it a little bit, but I tried not to look too far in case it's actually good. I don't you know, know if that that's the kind of Michelle Dockery I want to see as a judge. You don't want to see Judge Michelle Doc- Dockery? <laughs> no, I want to see her judging people without needing to wear judges' clothes like she does here. But I have, a, I mean, if you look at the other thumbnail, definitely looks like there's a lot of different kinds of judging going on. Oh boy, just a quick search on Metacritic: Anatomy of a Scandal has a 51 on Metacritic. That is, well, I've heard it's watchable. That's all I've heard. <laughs> I mean, the critics may not be. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm it. sure we would enjoy it if we watched it. It's number one on Netflix, so it's something. They're doing something right. A lot of crap rises to the top of Netflix. <laughs> I'll just say that much. Doesn't mean it does. They're not doing something right. I mean, yeah, they're marketing to us, <laughs> Michelle Dockery fans, Downton Abbey fans. Uh, so they know what they're doing. Speaking of Downton Abbey, let's just get into this season six, episode four. Six point four. Here we are. Now, we've revisited the wedding of Mr. Carson and Mrs. Hughes mm-hmm. previously, which is why we dumped the classic episode in the main feed yep. yesterday, or whenever it is that you're listening to this. It's it's the last episode. Mm-hmm. So, do you feel like you missed anything going into Season 6, Episode 4? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, they do a good job of kind of just catching up, like, oh, how are Carson and uh, uh, Hughes doing? Oh, pardon me. Cars, Miss Carson. <laughs> um, yeah, the whole episode. What is, what, is, what drama? Yeah, a lot of references to what happened last week as they move forward. So, no, I didn't, I didn't feel too lost. How about you, Dave? I think the only thing that caught me off guard was the Talbot stuff, that there was some establishment of him as a character in that episode. Yeah, he just kind of shows but up. Aside from that... He's a known quantity at this point already, it seems like. Yeah, quickly. Because I was thinking to myself when we were watching season six, episode two, that, like, oh boy, they're really going to need to... I forgot how quickly they shoehorn him in, but three, he's in, four, he's in. Need to get Mary, you know, paired up. And it's funny, the closer we get to the movie and the less we see of Talbot actually appearing in the movie, the more it's like, man, are we spending a lot of time on this guy who may be a future ex of Mary's? Not to say we know what's going to happen in the movie, but it seems foreboding that he's not in that second movie in any of the trailers or posters as of yet. Yeah, how are they going to narratively explain that? Because in the first movie, he run, literally runs in. Yeah, at the end of the movie. Like two-thirds of the way through the movie, he's like, I'm here. Uh, two-thirds? Henry I think Talbot. it's like the very, very end of the movie. <laughs> and he won the Oscar, Best Supporting Actor. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just for showing up. Uh, well, there you have it, have it there, uh, Matthew Good. <laughs> One and all. Well, why don't we cover that storyline right now, huh? Sure, it's pretty. I mean, it's definitely not the A plot this time around. Yeah, Matthew Good, he, he's around. He's in the hood. Has Henry Talbot. He's a race car driver, and uh, yeah, he's Lady Shackleton's nephew, who we've dealt with before. And they're like, and she's nephew. brought in for the, <laughs> hmm, brought in for uh, the hospital drama to give some ammunition to the Dowager side of things. Mm-hmm. And because we really don't need to spend time talking about the hospital. Lady Shackleton kind of switches her tune after hearing reason from the other side. Oh, wait, good uh, hospital materials could actually help people? It, it, it actually matters? Who knew? That- yeah, this is, this is uh, we know the doubt. I, I, I guess we were trying to talk about Lady Mary, but brief, brief stop at the hospital drama. Mm-hmm. The Dowager is vain, but this is a different breed of, of selfishness here. She's just da- next level petty. <laughs> 
<laughs> is what it is. It's just like, get over yourself, Dowager. And I get that's the appeal of her character, but in this specific plotline, again, it continues to just be a point of frustration. Yeah, and and how can you want to side with her? Like, as yeah. a viewer, how did that... Unless you want it's not drama. even funny. It's 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 annoying, and and like Edith is annoyed at it. And you you get the sense that Julian finds that there's something worthwhile here. That there he's trying to make it work as something fun, but the thing is, she's literally choosing a hill to die on, and that makes it hard to make it a little bit fun. Exactly, and I and I mean we all know what's coming. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that it's not. Good, good use really of bringing in Shackleton, dumb. though. You know, uh, she's appeared yeah, good, in a couple good. episodes in the season four opener, season five opener, and they're they're like, you know what, this is a good time to plug her in, tag her in, and you know what, Talbot's her nephew. Why not? <laughs> why not? What, what a way. Just connect some dots. You know, while we're at it, why don't we make Pamuk her other cousin? You know, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Uh, sure. <laughs> it's just an excuse for him to show up. Um, but. Yeah, he continues to make a strong impression on Mary, uh, about, uh, albeit that he is a race car driver, and she's not into that, understandably, because Matthew passed away while driving a car. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I mean, not for some reason, well, she doesn't tell Talbot, but for some reason Talbot's like, I can make you a fan, I can make you, I can win you over with these cars and everything. It's like, you don't know, man. <laughs> you do not know what is you, going you on Mary's head happened. about cars. You don't want to know. Not a fan of the Cars franchise. Yeah, no, it's her least favorite Pixar series. Um, they do go out to dinner though, because he does make a reference to her. You know, ring me up sometime if you want to get, you know, dinner, a drink, or something. Something else. <laughs> something else. Yeah, he he cocks that eyebrow like, you want something else? And and she does. She calls him. Mm-hmm. And they go to a jazz club. Yeah. That's that. And they have, a, they have a fun little dinner, and at the very end of the dinner, she's like, are you making a pass at me? And he, he's like, do you want me to? And she's like, no, no, but I want to know that you want to. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's not even just a jazz club. It's the Royal Automobile Club. You know, it's oh, for the elite like him. <laughs> so so it, this is in that the Royal Automobile Club is the equivalent of like a, a street race in the Fast and Furious in 1999 or 2000. The Toretto's are there at a table. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, so Henry Talbot is effectively Brian O'Connor. Sure. Why, why not? <laughs> I think Matthew would be Brian O'Connor, actually. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Come on now. Sorry. Sorry. Just had to make that. If anyone's a friend of the Fast and Furious, you knew the dots we just connected. They aren't They aren't great. Um, yeah. But a lot of these. Lowbrow. Yeah. A lot of these scenes exist really just to kind of establish, you know, the romantic chemistry between them two to make us buy into them as a potential couple. Uh, mm-hmm. And it is fun to see them go back and forth. Uh, even when Lady Mary says, it is odd that you're a driver, but I also knew a guy who, you know, found guinea pigs in Peru. <laughs> so she does have an odd history of men. She does, yeah. And, and yeah, like you said, this is kind of a, a, a table-setting plot as this goes on, which is kind of unfortunate for Mary. But then again, she has her, she, she's got her eggs in so many baskets this episode. So yeah. you can't really knock the romantic subplot as being the one because she even says it's a Talbot. She says, my work is my the thing I'm very proud of the most. As she should be. She's doing great work. Yeah. And I guess we could segue right over to that. Branson is, is home. He, he's back in black. <laughs> he came back uh, just to overshadow uh, Carson and Hughes' wedding. Uh, 
You can almost see the celebration of Carson Hughes' wedding at the end of this episode as a make good for, for Branson <laughs> uh, showing up and overshadowing it, but it's not. It's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, Branson's apologetic. He said, I didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> people were just together, and I just figured I'd show up to the party. I figured it'd be a I good time. I just walked to the schoolhouse. <laughs> I need to learn. I need to ask for a book, <laughs> yeah, a he volume. Just showed up at the schoolhouse of all places. With his baby in tow, too. It's kind of funny, though, because, you know, we definitely saw the, the family gravitating more towards him in season five and before he left, and they really appreciated his presence. But it reminds me almost of wrestling when someone gets sent away and they get a gimmick repackage. Because uh, on some level, this version of Branson is so willing to help out with everyone. There's not an ounce of, like, ill will in his body or, or sentiment, you know, towards, like, his radical ways, really. He's... he's pretty much just been replaced by Matthew in the form of Branson. <laughs> yeah, just a, uh, uh, a Matthew that is not romanticized by one of the Crawley sisters in this moment. Not by one of the Crawley sisters, but definitely by Robert. <laughs> oh, Robert. His, 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 what, what did he call? Fairy tale boy? His fairy tale, his new fairy tale boy, the <laughs> sequel. Yeah, he's like, I never knew I'd be so happy to see you. And then, you know, he just clicks his heels and some sparkles come out. And, and Robert's just having a good time having Branson back around. And we see Edith is is getting real pushy about like well the agent stuff. Mm-hmm. Edith, you know, she can never quite shake that the shrew ness of her character where she's well, what are you gonna do now, Mary? Matthew's back, or not Matthew? He's dead. He's not back. Uh, <laughs> uh, T- Branson is back. Are you just gonna leave your job? And and Mary's like, shut up, Edith. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. She took the job and it's his to deal with. You know, so. Hmm. But it is good seeing Branson here. And I, I know he commented on this before, the weight watch of Branson in season six. America did not do him well, man. I, I know we got a gr- some great pastries over here and stuff, but man, good thing you're back in London there. It's easy to get carried away with the bagels and stuff out here. Yeah, we was in Boston, right? So yeah. he's some lobster rolls. A lot of clam chowder. And you know we make it extra creamy yep. up, the, up in the Northeast, so <laughs> it was down on a lot of that. Yeah, some Cape Cod chips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some great Cape Cod, some some Sam Adams beer. You know, he was just chucking that back. Yeah, well, I mean, he doesn't look. Uh, no, he's not that. He's not at his paunchiest. No, absolutely not. But you, when you see him like in the four seasons, and when you see him come back in the movie, like he looks like he's been hitting like the boxing ring. This guy's ready to go. Oh yeah, he's re- he's ready. He's ready to re- revolutionize. Here, he's just like on a honeymoon phase, just happy to be back, and like I'll take an extra helping of that. Why not? He's like, I've been eating American food. I want this real delicious British food. <laughs> Give me that pie. <laughs> Love that pot pie. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see him back, though. Yeah, and and, and do we just want to, since we're talking about the agent and the property, mm-hmm. can we just get Daisy out of the way while we're talking about this? Yeah. I mean, she's ready to make a fool of herself again. This whole episode... Kind of, it makes me very angry. Sure. Because she just wastes so much time, and everyone says, stop it. Because she's still fretting over um, whether Mr. Mason will get his farm or not. Uh, mm-hmm. She feels, it was it's like kind of miscommunicated or poorly communicated whether he'll get to keep it or get you know this land that may have been promised. Well, it's not him. his farm. It's not his farm, no. It's the Drew's farm. They want yeah. the yew tree farm. They want to make him a tenant. Mm-hmm. He... And I guess she put the the word in in Cora's ear, and and she just assume, assumed it was a done deal, but it wasn't necessarily a done deal. Right. And she's just upset because 
of that, and they're so annoying. Like it's so she's so petty. She's just desperate for making him happy, and and I think by some token, you know, William, you know, his his memory and and preserving that through Mason on on some level. So I I get how there's some just desperation on on her part to to make things work. Uh, It's very immature, and I mean that's Daisy, though. I mean that's who we come to expect by this point, but. I think we're at least, uh, you know, saved from uh, total embarrassment by them, you know, kind of patting it out before she goes make, and makes a scene again. Because uh, you see, she's got she got people stopping her. Like Mosley's like, don't do this, and Pat Moore's like, stop acting like this, and Baxter's literally holding her back from screaming at the the uh, Cora. Right, and then Cora says something's something's afoot. Because yeah, and then Robert walk Robert walks in, he's like, oh. You hear the good news? Because they had discussed. Mm-hmm. They said Mary's out of town. Let's make this official. It just do it. Yeah. And then we can move on with our lives. And if Mr. Mason dies, we'll think about it so again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because yeah, the word got around to Daisy that you know he may have not got it, and she was going to give him a piece of her mind, even if it meant she she lost her job. But like you said, Robert stops her and. She's stunned, and Baxter is at least there to save the day and say, "Oh, you know, she 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 was just passing through." <laughs> so, and Cora's like, I, "I'm a, I I think that I might have dodged a bullet with something." Mm-hmm. He just feel for Cora in that moment. It's like, huh? "Oh yeah, hmm. yeah, it made it out alive." So Daisy lives to see another day, and then we see her walking around with Mister Mason, and they couldn't be happier. Now Daisy's got a farm. Imagine that. You do all this fighting, and now you got to milk cows and, and raise pigs. And it's funny. They, they with do, a 70-year-old man. They do such work here to like kind of like show some kind of uh, path forward for Daisy. And it's kind of mm-hmm. disappointing to see in the movie that she really hasn't fully gone that direction. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see with the new era. We will see. Well, she's married in the new era, so that's one. that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Yeah. Now, where should we go now? You want to go to our, our good pal, the Sarge? Oh, my gosh. Talk about making house calls here. Sergeant Willis. This guy does not know when to stop showing up and down. I, I love it. Yeah, he's a rare good cop. Yeah, one of the rare good ones. It's it's kind of funny, you know. It's probably a good thing for Downton that he's not appearing too regularly, uh, you know, as we see in the movie, or you know, he doesn't seem to be scheduled for the next movie. But you kind of wish there was some more criminal activity going on in Downton, just so he can have the excuse to show up once in a while. You want to see him rough somebody up? Because realistically, what what reason does he have to show up here? But it's like, oh no, he's got to go bother Baxter about something. <laughs> this is a this is a really uh, this is a sad little bit. Yeah. Uh, We learned a little bit more about her history, that uh, the reason why she was involved in the stealing of this jewelry was this guy who kind of seduced her at this other house who was a co-worker. um, Mm -hmm. And he disappeared and left her holding the bag uh, after they made a theft and pretty much effectively ruined her life for a while. And he's been caught because they have reason to believe that these jewels that he stole, he's turned into cash somehow or something. So he's going to go to trial but they need someone to speak out against them, and that's why they are turning to Baxter to be the point of evidence. Yeah, and she she calls in Mr. Mosley as her sort of 
attorney or or backup representative witness, <laughs> and Sergeant Willis says that it's one of the women that was involved in the crosshairs of this Mister Coyle is dead, mm. and two of them are prostitutes. So that this guy leaves these people with nothing. He destroys their lives, and you know Baxter is one of the few to really make it out in one piece. Yeah, and. This is like super sad because Mosley, you know, Baxter's like, I don't want to do this. I really don't want any part of this. I'm, it's, and you can understand there's trauma there. Mm-hmm. But Mosley is like bawling his eyes out trying to support her and make her yeah. do the right thing. You feel for Mosley just really trying to sort of keep the peace with these. You know, he's a very, I know him and Baxter have sort of will they, won't they vibes, mm-hmm. kind of, sort of. But between the Daisy subplot where Mosley's like, look, you're learning. I'm helping you learn. We're getting smarter. And then this Baxter subplot, Mosley's kind of like the lost uncle of Downton, where he just wants to do good, and he's having such a tough time. Yeah, it's tough because, yeah, he's such a doofus, and I think that kind of gets in the way of his earnestness and how much he can help people. Uh, But, yeah, you just wish Baxter could just be more, (laughs) you know, with it. And she, I mean, she eventually does come around, but it's not through Mosley. It's because Willis says... the. You know, her taking a stand because he comes through a second time to convince her that her taking a stand may prevent other women from getting in the crosshairs of this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, yeah, poor Mosley. It's, it's almost a shame that he didn't, he doesn't get together with Baxter immediately because it's so obvious that he's into her. And even Thomas, you know, references how well Mosley definitely likes you a lot more than some others, and take that for what it, what it may be. <laughs> But yeah, and they're both such kind people. I feel like they're obviously they're they're meant to be. Maybe we'll get something in a new era. But I feel like we're just you know these people aren't getting any younger. It's not like Mosley. I, I would say is unattractive necessarily. He's a, he's got his charms. Come on, Baxter, go for it. Yeah, yeah, I think everybody. They're both, and especially once we know what happens to him with his career. Once he gets out of service, oh, it's he's like he's kind of a, a man about about the community. He's he's doing great. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see how they <laughs> follow up on this storyline next week. Uh, I think I know where this goes, and uh, can't wait to talk about that. Yeah. Because it don't go far. Um, anyways, though, uh, we've kind of, like, jumped all over the place here. Uh, Robert is still battling some indigestion. Yeah, he says he can't have port anymore. <laughs> and there's real shame and, and dis- you know, just dismay in his voice saying that, like, He'd like to keep He's holding his belly, saying, "Ugh, something's coming." Should I eat that steak? Um, and I, I was wondering too, like, is this the episode where he does it? I was like, "No, this is too early." When, when are we going to get that? But uh, anyways, though, uh, Edith, Edith dealing with editor issues as always. Yep, nothing going on there really. I mean, Rosamond is around, right? Yeah, and she's talking to Edith and stuff. <laughs> she, she's just kind of there. <laughs> yeah, she tells her about a college where she's a, a trustee, wants to suggest her as one, and that. Oh know, yeah, duh. This is the, yeah. Rosamond is here to introduce to get Gwen on board. Right, the John Hardings, and, and really, I guess this is the last big plot of, of the episode, aside from we got one after this. Well, it's tied into the the, the other big one, which is Barrow. Well, and then, and then Anna and Bates. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that one after. But I think one of the big overriding plots of this episode is how, with Carson out of the picture for the week, Barrow is uh, front and center as, as uh, you know, 
the head butler. <laughs> he's the big boss. And he, you can clearly, clearly tell he's relishing the, the responsibility uh, of that role. Mm-hmm. But he's got a thing or two to learn. Oh, yeah. So so we find out that this mysterious charity person that comes in is none other than Gwen, mm-hmm. who was in season one and became a secretary and now has moved up to working with a, her husband, who she married, uh, through her secretary job that she got because of Sybil. Yeah. Um, she's rose through the ranks of society to the point that she's now a guest at Dallin, and this is really not sitting well with Mr. Tom Barrow. No, he he's definitely a little bit jealous of her position. <laughs> uh, and so the family doesn't quite recognize her. They they, they say, aren't you Rose Leslie? That, that, that's what they call mm-hmm. her. Uh, <laughs> she from Game of Thrones. Yeah, weren't you on that, that good fight show? Uh, no, just, just kidding. But, but they don't actually recognize her as Gwen. They don't recall that she had worked there. And mm-hmm. Tom's like, oh, this is the perfect opportunity to kind of reference casually that, oh, she used to be an employee here. Mm-hmm. And, and he does. He does. To which the family's like, wait, wait, wh- hold on. You worked here? And she's like, I did <laughs> for a couple years. I feel like you would remember a face that you saw on a fairly regular basis, I, I would hope. But but she's the housemaid. She's not up and, you she's know, not she's not mingling around them. It's true. Uh, but, yeah, she's ashamed, but it turns into a point of pride because... They learn more about her relationship with Sybil and how she helped her out to become the woman she is. And it becomes like, you know, everyone's really happy that she shared the story. They're, they're mm-hmm. genuinely, you know, happy for her. And it reflects all the more poorly on Barrow. <laughs> oh, boy. This is, a, this is kind of a double-edged sword because Barrow has a moment downstairs when people are kind of chastising him for outing her. Mm-hmm. And he cuts this little promo about the, the haves and the have-nots. Yeah. And... You can't help but feel for him at this point in time where he says, I've dedicated my life to this. Mm -hmm. And this woman quits to go chase some trendy job as a secretary and winds up marrying her way to be in our dining room. Whereas me, my job is on the line. Yeah. And I'm seriously going to I'm going to I might be unemployed very soon. So, of course, I'm going to start some ish with with this family or with this yeah, and we see in his conversations with Baxter this episode, you know, he feels like he's not well-liked by anyone, understandably, and it's tough for him to deal with. He just he just feels like he's on the outs with everyone, unfortunately. And this does not do well. I mean, Robert even tells him as much, like, you should take a cue from Carson, you know, and, and be kind, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, be nice to people. Yeah, it pays dividends. Um, and he says he's your own, you know, it's no surprise to me that you are your own worst enemy, mm-hmm. Tom Barrow. Yeah, and, and just look at Gwen. She's a winner. Yeah, I, li- I like the way they give the moment to, you know, Branson smiling at her when he, you know, asks, like, you know, did you stay in contact? And she's like, oh, just, you know, Christmas greetings and stuff. And he's just so happy to hear that story about her. That's It's a real sweet moment. Yeah, I think when they, you know, I think Mary makes a bunting comment earlier in this episode. Yeah. And it's good to know that they're not just trying to launch... Branson into a romantic subplot in this last season. Like, let just not everything has to be a, be a happy couple to have situation. Exactly. So that's a good thing. Yeah, but it, it, it was nice seeing Gwen this episode. See how far she she had come. Uh, yeah, I remember the first time watching this. Obviously, the first time we saw it was in you know we had waited a year between seasons, and mm-hmm. I was kind of 
a bit of a surprise and a bit of a letdown, I remember, in the moment. Like, oh, that's all we're going to do? Yeah. And then watching for the podcast, I remember being kind of the same. But this time around, I really do think it's a nice nice guest spot. Right, because it shouldn't be, like, a big deal necessarily. You, you know, it's like she was a character on the show. Treat her, you know, kind of on the level of what her character was in the show and stuff. Don't don't overblow it, because now mm-hmm. Rose Leslie is a bigger deal. Um, but, yeah, really enjoyed that, enjoyed that moment. And... There is a moment, too, between Bates and Carson downstairs. Not Bates and Carson. Bates and uh, Barrow, where it sounds like they were about to, to get back into the thick of, like, you know, them being at each other's throats, where Barrow's cutting that promo, and Bates is like, what are you saying? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> he, he throws the cane down. He gets his knife out. Wait, you want to go? You want to go, Barrow? Uh, Robert's my man. <laughs> oh, I love Robert. Uh, unfortunately, we, we don't go that, that far in, into that terrain. Um it's just because it, yeah, Bates has some other stuff on the mind, but it's funny because there is a spark there. Just just the fact that they could like tee that up at any time, that competition between those two would just oh my gosh, just let it go. I don't care about character that's growth, the, just bring it back. That's your big, that's the best rivalry in Downton history. Absolutely, the... it's so good. It's the fuel of the first few seasons. Um, yeah, Bates and Anna, man. Yeah, so Anna, knowing what we know from two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. She is now, um, you know, that time of the month has came and went. No yep. sign of her period. So she said to Mary, "Like, I think, I think I'm, I think I'm pregnant." And Mary's like, "Okay." Cool, Even Mosley, cool. you know, asked to help her with her towels. Like, you, you okay there? It's like, man, Mister Mosley, being there for everyone. But then we see Anna, as always, the the kind of pessimist that I, I think that she's she is post the Mister Green incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, she feels some stomach pains and she's like, Oh no, 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 I'm not going to do anything about it. It's just, you know, this is just what I'm faded with. Yeah. And Mary says, uh, uh-uh. we're getting you to a doctor now right. to get this procedure done. And Branson, ever the good guy, Branson volunteers to drive him to the train station. Mm-hmm. And they come up with the lie that Mary needs to go to the doctor. But Mr. Bates kind of sees right through that. Right. And and it's one of those things too, where like Mary asks Bates to, to carry the trunks down, and he's like, "Oh, Anna can help," and she's like, "No, <laughs> you, you can do both of them." But Mr. Bates is also disabled; like he he walks with a cane. You want to have him like, right. lift two suitcases down the stairs? That's a that's Call a big Andy. ask. And so he takes both suitcases and puts them on his shoulder, and then carries them down the stairs. It's impressive. Falls down. We we missed the shot of him stumbling <laughs> down the stairs. Yeah, he actually does try to attempt carrying the two suitcases. Just. Foolhardy, he, and he just falls in the stairs. It's we great. skip over the fact that Bates is not a spring chicken by any stretch. No, especially at this he's point. Probably what in, time. in his mid forties at this point. Oh, he's got to be older than that. Are you kidding me? He's boys what with. Did, I mean, he was boys with Robert back in the day in the army. He was his Batman, so he was probably a little younger. Yeah. And if Robert is in his fifties, mid to late fifties, Bates is probably five ten years younger. I would still say Robert. Robert is like perpetually in his like. Late forties, early fifties throughout the show. I think we wrap up. Okay, early. so yeah, I'd say yeah. Bates, Bates is Bates is mid to mid, late forties. Mid to late forties. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, not a spring chicken to be lifting suitcases around with a physical disability in the first place. Yeah, let alone to start raising a kid now. Holy my gosh. Hmm. So they get back, and everything. The Carsons are getting back from their honeymoon. Hmm. And. The the procedure goes well. Anna just has to rest in London for a couple of days, and 
Mr. Bates goes up to her and she seems like she's is she crying, I believe. You know, she's sort of elated. Yeah. And and Bates says, I believe I know what you're hiding. <laughs> and Anna's like, I am hiding something, but it's not what you think. Yeah. And he's like, Well, what is what are you hiding? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> and we'll find out next week what she's hiding. Hey, well no, she says she says I it worked. Yeah. You're gonna the stitch news and the Bates. stitch operation. Uh, yeah, and Bates is th- thrilled. You see it in his face. That tribalism is coming through. Yeah, yeah. he wants one of his own. Um, and he gets one of his own, it seems like. Well, we'll or he's see. going to. We'll see. I mean, the doctor says he's cautiously, cautiously optimistic. You know, He doesn't want to make any problems. And did you that. catch the line in this one where Mary says to the doctor, like, thank you so much for seeing us at dawn on short notice. And he says, it'll be reflected in my bill. And, and he, then walks away. Yeah, he, he like winks and smiles at her like, it'll be in my bill. Don't worry, I'm going to charge you for it. Uh, nice little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good for that doctor. Get get his get his pay. Get your cash. Yeah, man. Um, but I think that's most of the plot lines. And then the episode resolves with Carson and, and Hughes, or Miss Carson, as you want to call her, uh, returning, you know, to, to celebrate. And, and declaring that for ease of of convenience for for the family and the, the downstairs, she can still be Miss Hughes. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> and Robert literally heavily exhales and goes, "Hallelujah!" Yeah, yeah, would have been so confused. Even the Dowager is like so perturbed by it, and, and even Isabel kind of rolls her eyes at it too. She's like, "Oh man," it's like, "Come on." <laughs> But they say, you know, the same thing with Anna and Bates. So they they say this is not the first time this has happened. So Yeah. But then we also get one of my favorite scenes in Downton. Mm-hmm. It's when Mr. Carson goes to his bedroom that he's lived in for like 30 years. Mm-hmm. And he sits there and he sits on the bed. And, and we've joked about how this is like such a meager bedroom for a man who's like the number one downstairs yeah. guy. But he has this moment where he's really bidding adieu. To this life, and it's very, very sweet, and I think it's very understated. Yeah, he takes his name off the the placard there at the end on the door. Uh, he just kind of passes, but you know, you're like, man, he this is a kind of a lifelong bachelor. You know, talk about Barrow giving his life to service. Carson has given his life to service, and now he's upgrading. But you know, changes change isn't easy and fun necessarily. Right? They said they were working we're on their house see. or something like that. Uh, well, they got a cottage. They got a coming cottage. together. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I do like that Mary even references in this episode. I still wish they could have gotten some married somewhere nicer. And Robert's like, well, what can we do? You know? And it's funny. Because this is like, they do everything at this house. They love this house. And then you see where Carson was sleeping this entire time. It's like, I'm kind of glad they didn't have their wedding celebration at the house. So I, I, <laughs> get get out of there. Yeah, well, as, I mean, as we found out from from Mr. Mr. Adam Von Gutkin and... and mm-hmm. Our, our discussion with him, which you'll hear soon, that upstairs was all servants' quarters anyway. Like, mm-hmm. it's not glamorous; it's no. like a dorm. How how thick do you think those walls were for Carson? For Carson, I don't know. Yeah, how much do you think? Speaking he of thick thick walls, I was thinking about this today. Sure. Or, yeah, while well, I was watching this episode, so Anna has had three miscarriages on the mm-hmm. record. Yeah, and she is expecting again. Bates, Bates and Anna have a very healthy uh, bedroom life because mm-hmm. God knows one miscarriage is a very traumatizing experience. So you have three, and they're still finding time to get He's a, he's a tribal man, in. as as she said. <laughs> and I'm saying, good on them. That's they're, they're a very healthy relationship. I think as they fade into the background, 
it's a little upsetting because they're two of our favorite characters, and I think two yeah. of most people's favorite characters. But good to know that Mr. Bates is still getting it in. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, we don't see more of him because he's just too busy, you know, doing work. <laughs> uh, yeah, putting in those hours. <laughs> Bates works overtime. It's not just those two Mr. trunks. Mr. Carson should ask him for some advice. He's yeah. like, oh, it's not just those two trunks. He's got a couple other trunks. Something is new to, to me. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's this episode. Good episode? I think I think that Downton Abbey is a show of high highs and then forgettable middles mm-hmm. in a lot of times. And I think this is an excellent episode. I love this episode. Yeah. Very, very solid. Well, we did do some rankings. And... Uh, Dave, who do you have got going down this week on Down Abbey Season 6, and Episode 4? Well, number three going down, I got the Dowager Countess. Okay. Because she's she's not handling this situation with any dignity. Shackleton kind of spun on her. Not a good look. That's fair. Well, I got Baxter at number three. She's being pushed into a situation she doesn't want to be put a part of. She's got to deal mm-hmm. with it. And she's you know getting there that she's okay with going on the stand, but definitely bringing up some things that she doesn't want to do. So, it's true, true. Yeah. Well, number three and number two. Speaking of Baxter, I got Mosley. Okay. Because Mosley, as I as we already talked about, he's the sort of voice of reason for these these female characters that are both sort of ignoring him. Sure. Daisy is is. Going up to tell the, the Count Cora, the Lady, Lady Grantham, her her boss, all this nonsense that's that's just totally out of line. Mosley's like, "Don't do it, don't do it." And then Baxter's basically saying, "Oh, I don't want to go on the stand." And Mosley's like, "Please do it," to the point of being in tears. And I think that he's just trying so hard to be a decent human being. Yeah, he doesn't have a bad bone in his body. We've seen this guy struggle so much in the show, and finally he settled in. And now the women problems are coming in and. Yeah, well, tough go for for what, what's Mosley's first name? I don't even know. John William? Mosley. William. No, Mosley's his last name. Yeah, John Mosley. Oh, John. <laughs> if, I, if I'm I'm just not mistaken, I'm pretty sure of that. Um, but at number two, Joseph. Joseph. So I knew, close. It, was a, I knew it was a Joe. Well, at number two uh, for me, I got the Dowager again. Man, just taking L's left and right, especially suffering in person with. Uh, Shackleton there to, to witness it. So Yeah, when Edith is calling you out for being petty, you're you're being real petty. Absolutely. So yeah. Go, going down, Dowager. Yeah. Uh who do you got at number one? It's Barrow. Oh, it's gotta be Barrow. Dude just can't learn, man. It, it, all this this is they call it she could call him Tom Petty, not Tom Barrow. <laughs> you said it, not I, man. But uh yeah, hopefully he learns from this and can hold down a job and, you know, get hired somewhere if it doesn't end up being there. They, they, they even reference, you know, what is it, Robert says, like, uh, well, if the dime arises again in the future, yeah, well, we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, and you, I, I feel for the guy. I feel, you know, he had a he had a bad run in his 20s. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. And he's trying to change his He's trying to change. It's tough. Changing your, your reputation is very difficult, and I feel... Sympathize with him. It's tough. Yeah. Well, now we get to who's going up. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, Dave, at number three, I got Henry Talbot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the guy's making a good impression, you know? He, he's winning over Mary. It's not easy. She's been icy. 
Uh, he's even got. Her, he's even seen her in her best looks. Like I, I think her gold dress in this episode is what we see in all the posters for the season and everything. And Talbot's. You think right that's at the automobile club? It was. I think it was at the the dinner that they're at. She was dressed up. Okay, because well. the automobile club. She's wearing Rosamond's clothes. Yeah, yeah. She's she's wearing some hand me downs, but still good for Talbot. Okay. Well, going at number three, I, I you know, it, it it pains me to say it, but you got to give it to Daisy. She's been. Huffing and puffing for for three episodes about what she wants, and she gets what she wants. Well, by the same token, and she doesn't, and she doesn't have to embarrass herself. I don't like it. I don't like her. She's one of the most overrated characters on this show. Wow, but that's true. <laughs> I don't think it's true. I think it's uh, six seasons, all these years we put in with two hundred plus episodes of this podcast. I, we can say that. Okay, Daisy, she it's a win, but that's all I'll give you. All right. Well, well. By that same token, I got Mr. Mason at number two because I'm not going to give credit, Daisy any credit. Yeah, for this. I was I was considering <laughs> giving Mr. Mason the point. They're really giving the land to Mason as the credit to his character and knowing that he's a trustworthy person. It's not so much Daisy so much as we can trust Mason to take care of the U tree. Well, why don't we do it? Do him a solid. So good for Mason. Mm-hmm. He's got this. Okay. Yeah. So who's number well, two? Number for you? two, I got John and Anna, the bases. This is a okay big week for them again like they don't they're not given much but what they're given is good which is i feel like julian trying to make up for the bad two seasons yeah but he's not doing a uh an elegant job but he's just sort of handing them good things week after week so yeah i i I want to see the baby delivered first before i i you know count my eggs okay they gotta hatch Uh, well there's one egg that's that's fertilizing right now (laughs) yeah well number one it's gwen Okay. She came all the way up. Who who knew, you know, that she'd be dining in the room with all these people and sharing these stories about Sybil and making people happy. Good for her. Good for Gwen. Okay. I got Mary going up. Okay. Because this <laughs> is a big. She's got a. She's she's doing a lot of mingling. Okay. She. Edith kind of tries to put her on blast and say, "You're not going to be the agent anymore." Mary's like, "Uh, uh-uh, not. I'm going to be the agent. I'm the agent." Mm-hmm. I'm 007. I'm the secret agent. She's, you know, and then she's wheeling and dealing with Henry Talbot. Yeah. God knows that that she needs a good man. Yeah. And he, she's she makes a comment like, "Hey, you trying to make a pass at me? It's not going to happen." But I really like that you're doing it. She is in control. And, and Talbot is cool with the fact that she's got a kid, which is a big red flag in the 20s. So good for good for her for for getting a man that wants her, despite of being a, a, a widow, widow mother and a mother. And not having any stake to the Downton Empire, she makes that clear that Downton is not her house; it's her son's She's house. So, you know, when when whatever the boy's name is, I forget, gets old enough, Daisy might get the or not Daisy, Mary might get the first class ticket out. But Talbot is like, no, nah, that's fine by me. And Mary facilitates the thing with Anna, which is a, a very nice and kind thing to do. That, that She's the true. architect of this episode. Yeah. I wonder if she signed a prenup with Henry. I mean, she, did she I don't think she has much. Yeah, well, I mean, she is so. the agent, so she definitely has some income coming in. You think she's got a salary for that, or you think that's just like day-to-day something to do? Oh, she's got to get some cut of that, I'm, I'm She sure. gets some back end of the investments, yeah. the return on the farming profits and whatnot. Absolutely. Well, that is this week on Dallin. Dave, have you been watching anything else? Uh, keeping up with Moon Knight. Okay. 
which is fun. Um, I've been watching this Netflix Australian dating show called Back with the X from 2018. <laughs> How is Because I was looking for something. I, I don't know if we, I, we talked about this last time, but I was looking for something after WrestleMania. I had too much wrestling. I needed some time mm-hmm. off. Um, and it's a show from Australia about people getting back with long-term exes after a period of time and trying to make it work. That sounds like hell. And it's 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 fun and it's very light and it's a very low expectations dating show. It's I was going to jump into the new Nick Lachey one, but that the ultimatum, but that wasn't out at the time. It's called Back with the X. Backwards to X. Would you ever return to an X, Dave? On the backwards? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if you go to Australia, sure. <laughs> Maybe in Australia. Yeah. yeah I, well, I, one of the couples is, so So there's four couples, and three of them are sort of in their 20s to late 30s. Yeah. So they're kind of pe- people. But then one couple is, the woman is from North Carolina, and the man is from Australia. And he's in his late 50s, and she's in her early 50s. Mm-hmm. And they had a fling in the 90s. Oh, jeez. So they're both divorced with kids, and they're getting back together to give it a go. And it's... Very fun to watch. Okay. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I'll, I'll check back in because I have a feeling I'll finish it within the next couple of days to see if it's a, a worth watching dating show. Definitely not as good as Love is Blind Season 2. Okay. But a good one. What about you, Corey? Anything you've been watching? Uh, I gave the ultimate a try. I think I'll keep going with it, but I'm not too hot on it. The people in there are too young and just messy with their love lives for me to really mm-hmm. get deeply invested. But uh, you know me, man. I've been watching a lot of Korean content because I've been trying to learn the language and stuff. And uh, there's... a uh, what was it? This this show I watched, I mentioned a few weeks ago, called 39, about women who are 39 turning 40. And it's got one of those saddest storylines on there because one of them is dying. And for some reason, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm watching these kind of shows. Watch this with me. And then when I've been going home, I've been watching it with my mom. And now I feel bad that I kind of put her through it. It was a very good show. But mm-hmm. absolutely tear-inducing, sad, <laughs> wrenching drama that will uh, you know make you really sad. So... Good show, but uh, only cool. if you, you really want to sad. if you want the smoke that is tears. <laughs> if yeah. you really want to cry, there, there you have it. And all right, I also been watching this music competition show over there called Queendom, where they have girl groups compete uh, for supremacy with musical performances every week. And my my fave group over there, Luna, is competing. So I've been watching that, voting, giving streams on YouTube. Uh, that's where that's where my mind's at, man. You know. That's good. <laughs> I, I'm I'm struggling over here, man. I, I'm just trying to cling to whatever brings me happiness. That's that's all you got to do. That's all and I mean, do. we hope that we have brought you some happiness this week. Yeah. Uh, I was I was worried after our last episode because we were like, uh, I, not to say that we were on autopilot, we were but that episode is on autopilot. Yeah. I said I really hope that we can get some some judge back into this because we love this show, and I feel like this week was a nice affirmation that not it's not all phoning it in no. on Julian's part at the end. So it's cracking. Bravo, Julian. Thanks for keeping it fresh ish. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, if you want to hear us talk about this season the first time, you can always look up those episodes on our website through Podbean. Uh, you can also find them on mm-hmm. iTunes and Spotify and wherever you get your, your podcast. Uh, and yeah, if you feel so inclined leave us a star rating and review on uh, Spotify and iTunes and check us out on Facebook, Twitter, hit us up on Gmail Instagram, we're out there. Love to engage and talk. And also, you can always follow our Patreon, too, if you'd like to you know, kick us something and get some bonus episodes out of it. Whole big library bonus episodes. Lots of good content there. Uh, Otherwise, we will catch you next time on the pod.
All right. 